I love mysteries. I love watching PBS mysteries and Hallmark mysteries and Murdoch mysteries. And if you're old like me, Murder, She Wrote. Can I get an amen on that one? Hallelujah. Any show that keeps me guessing as to who it is or how they did it, I, I enjoy that. There's a satisfaction in guessing rightly about something. Perhaps this is why this time of year is so intriguing to me and to others. You see, it holds the greatest mystery of all. One that no one could have guessed. How could it be that God became a human? How can it be this baby, God in the flesh, deity with skin, how could it be that he would humbly come down and become one of us? What a great mystery that is. The Apostle Paul spoke about Jesus' entire life, actually, as a mystery. I want you to listen to the words of Timothy, or Paul to Timothy, in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and 16. Beyond all question, the mystery from which true godliness springs is great. Now listen to the entire life of Christ. He appeared in the flesh, was vindicated by the Spirit, was seen by angels, was preached among the nations, was believed on in the world, and was taken up into glory. Everything about Jesus, in a sense, was a mystery. I began thinking about this in preparation for tonight, and I thought about three how-can-it-be's. And I want you, if you would please, to try and identify with one of them. The first is the world in its cynicism and criticism. It asks the question from the standpoint of the, the Sadducees. The Bible tells us that the Sadducees were more political than religious. You see, they didn't believe in angels. They didn't believe in the afterlife or the resurrection of the dead. They didn't believe in any eternal rewards or they didn't believe in eternal punishments. They didn't even believe well, quite frankly, in any type of miracle, one wonders if they even believed in the person of God. Why they were to maintain the temple, they did so for social status and power, not to worship. There's evidence that they may have been the first agnostics of Jesus' day. Yes, I believe in God, but I believe that he's too distant and he doesn't care about us. So let God be out there and we'll deal with things in here. How, how can it be, they say? If there's a God, he's too far removed from us to know or to care about us. How can it be a virgin conceiving? How can it be God as a baby? How can it be that angels came and declared his presence? How can it be that shepherds were the first to see him? How can it be, since all of these things have to do with the miraculous and the unexpected, and we don't believe any of that? You see, they were sad, you see. 
But how can it be? Because I don't believe in any of that supernatural stuff. And church, tonight our world gathers at families and they've had their dinners and a lot of them are opening their presents tonight around the Christmas tree and they're singing holiday songs and, greet, and, and greeting each other with, with love and warm wishes and generosity and Jesus is in the midst of any of it. Because they don't believe in angels and they don't believe in God or at least the God that we know of. And they're content with that. They don't believe in the supernatural, in the unexplained, in the mystery of Jesus. Second, religion asks the question from the standpoint of the Pharisees. The Bible tells us that the Pharisees were strict adherents of the law. They believed in God. They believed in angels. They believed in the resurrection of the dead, the reward of the righteous, and the punishment of the wicked. They believed in the, the glories of heaven, and they believed in the, 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 the terribleness of hell. But how can it be that our Messiah is God incarnate? God, a baby. How can it be that he was given to poor people? How can it be that this child will save us from our sin? That's not true. The law will save us from our sin. All we need to do is obey the 613 commandments of the Old Testament perfectly. That's all we need to do. Obeying every rule. You see, that will save us. Religious institutions and formulas and human traditions, that will save us. How can it be that this baby is God's plan? How can it be? It's not how our plan would unfold. How can it be? Did God not listen to me? To how we think it should be? How can it be? How can it be? And then there are those who by faith receive the mystery, who have no need to explain every detail. It's the faith of Mary, Jesus' mother. It's how can this be in holy wonder? Mary, you found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, Yeshua. And he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. What a grand mystery that is. How can it be? How will this be? How can this be since I'm a virgin, Mary asked. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. 
What a great mystery that is. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you've said, Mary replied. Mystery explained, right? The exact opposite. You see, we're still asking the question, how can it be? How can it be that God would love me so much that he would send his only son, the second person of the Trinity, into this world to be conceived in a supernatural way, but be brought into this world like every one of us, born of the Spirit, yet born of the flesh? Well, there are three responses tonight that I want you to see. And I want you to say, that's me. The first one is this. I don't believe it. I don't believe any of it. It doesn't make sense. Christmas is about being generous and kind and giving gifts and family and trees. It's about goofy Christmas songs, about Grandma got run over by a reindeer and fun things. That's the holidays. That's all it is. Nothing more. How can it be? Because I don't believe. Second, I don't believe. But I'm a really religious person. I'm a spiritual person, but I really don't believe that whole incarnation fairy tale or, or the virgin birth or any of those things that, you know, is said in church. I, I really don't need a savior. See, I can follow my traditions. I can follow the religious rules and do the things my own way. I'm a good person. Christmas is nothing more than than this. It's showing up because it's what I do. It's what I've always done. From cradle to the grave, I'll be here in a church on a night to sing the old hymn songs, to take communion, just like I've done every year. And then I'm going to leave this place and actually enjoy Christmas. There's nothing more. How can there be? Last response. I believe in a Christmas miracle. And all God's people said this. You see, I don't have to have all the answers. And it doesn't mean that I've got blind faith. On the contrary, the facts are before me. Jesus was a real historical person who proved who he claimed to be, the Son of God, born of a virgin, come to die for me, to save me from my sin, buried and resurrected on the third day, witnessed by the apostles and over 500 witnesses on a single day, fully explained, yet not at all. I believe. How can it be? By faith.
I receive the grace and mercy of God. That's what faith is, isn't it? When Mary birthed Jesus, twas in a cow's stall with wise men and farmers and shepherds and all. But high from God's heaven, a star's light did fall and the promise of ages it then did recall. If Jesus had wanted to, for any wee thing, a star in the sky or a bird on the wing or all of God's angels in heavens to sing, he surely could have it because he was the king. I wonder, as I wander out under the sky, how Jesus the Savior did come for to die. For poor ornery people like you and like I, I wonder, as I wonder, out under the sky. That's a Christmas miracle. And I believe. So where are you at tonight? Did, uh, did a family member drag you here? And you're saying, you know, Pastor Dan, this is all nice and well, but I, I really don't believe this stuff. You know what? That's okay. It really is. I'm going to pray and ask God to open your eyes to see that which you cannot see in the flesh. You might be here tonight thinking, you know what, Dan? I, I think I'm that religious person. I think I show up every year and I'm not really sure this really means anything to me except ritualism. It's dead institutionalism. I'm just showing up in a church and it's not making a difference in my life. And I really want to know what you know. I want to know the faith of Mary where I don't have to have all the answers when I can just simply come and receive and believe by faith that Jesus loved me and came and came to die for me so that I might be at peace with God. And I'm going to choose that way tonight. I'm going to choose him. I'm going to choose salvation in Christ. It's okay. I don't have all the answers. I'm trusting by faith. So where are you tonight? And how can you make that move to Mary? That's my prayer for you as we celebrate this amazing table that God has set for us tonight. It's the Lord's table. It's open to anyone who'll come, by the way. I got news for you. There were 12 guys that sat around a table and had communion with Jesus the very first time. Do you know they were all sinners? And do you know that one of them betrayed Jesus? And do you know the rest all denied him? That's the grace of God, where he extends his hand to us and he knows full well, well where we are and where we're struggling. And yet he still says,
come. Come and receive. Take my hand and take what I offer you tonight. You don't have to have all the answers. But you need to step out in faith and come. And so we offer that to you tonight. We're going to prepare our hearts for that a little bit as we do that. I'm going to read a sort of an invitation to you. And then we're going to uh, do a little corporate confession before we come to the table as well.